And this is what's called engine knocking, which you guys might already know. Yeah, yeah, I've heard a fucking classic bit of engine knocking, mate. Yeah, mate, yeah. When I'm on my skateboard, I'll do my fucking car, you know. Uh, fuck yeah. it, I'll sort that out, love. Yeah, 20 yeah. grand, yeah. i got to get more middle-class friends. Welcome to Goats, the greatest podcast on earth, a.k.a. the GPAO, or the Gapow, as I'm going to start calling it. Please don't. <laughs> Before we get started, I'd just like to remind you all that you can support the show in any number of ways. First and foremost, you could subscribe on your podcast player of choice and give us a five-star review. Say, this show is the Kapow! etc <laughs> you could also follow us on instagram at the underscore goat underscore pod where we put out iconic content including great thumbnails what michael does make on canva and the occasional reel when i'm not stressed with work at one of them has got nearly 20k one of them has nearly twenty thousand views it's on 250k now fuck yeah we're famous i can't wait to go buy myself a limbo in cash like jake paul and if you are a true filthy rich member of the 1%, you could also pledge just five solitary pounds a month on Patreon and help us make the show. You also get ad-free episodes and you can watch the unedited video version of every episode where we say words like beep and <laughs> fucking <laughs> can't keep that in. That was a bit rogue. Don't know where that came from. I panicked. I felt like I needed to say something controversial to cut it out. Anyway, with all that done, dealt with, in the bin, in the back of our little brains, how are y'all doing? Vinny, I believe you have a story. Oh, yeah. So... (laughs) Obviously, audio people can't see it, but you see the, the gun over there? The gun bong, yeah. The gun bong, obviously, that I was given by these two lovely people. Mm-hmm. I was in my morning meeting oh, uh, no. this morning <laughs> <laughs> on Teams. And uh, Teams has a thing, if you don't know, where you can like blur your background. So it just has your face in view. And I always have that on, basically for that gun bong in the background. But for some reason, it just wasn't on this morning. And uh, we're like 10 minutes into the, into the meeting and my line manager just goes, Vinny, is that a gun behind you? <laughs> and I'll go, uh... <laughs> How did you wriggle out of that one? I was just like, we sort of joked about me having a real gun. And then I was like, ah, yeah, it's just a, it's just a model gun that my friend got me. And I was like, yep, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> you, should have, you should have been like, oh, I'm a massive Call of Duty fan. I think it's the greatest game of all time. In fact, we've proven it on this yeah, podcast in fact, that we do. Yeah, we've proven it. I, th- Pledge to Patreon I'm now. Never, I'm never telling the people I work with that I do this podcast. That's never happening. Too late. I've already told them. No! The good news is that they don't know that you're a weed-smoking rackhead. The bad news is they do think you're a school shooter. So, pros <laughs> and cons. Pros and cons. I don't know what you want, yeah. Anyone else got elephant to, to go for or shall I segue? Uh, nothing's happened to me. I'm just slowly realising how obsessed with the World Cup I am. Obviously, it happens every four years. I don't know what I'm going to do do with myself in a month's time, basically. Well, happy days. Um, well, that'll be Christmas anyway, so... 
Oh, fuck Christmas, mate. You can just kill yourself on Christmas Day like most people do. <laughs> exactly. Traditional, mate. Yeah. Suicide <laughs> is tradition. <laughs> the traditional, slightly stressed dad move of just killing yourself on Christmas Day. <laughs> just fucking... Just go for it. not cooked yet. Just fucking <laughs> kill yourself. Go to the bathroom and hang right, yourself. I'm going to do it just to spite you two now. You're going to be like criminally implicated. I'm going to be so happy if you kill yourself. What do you yourself? mean criminally... In order for it to be criminally implicating, someone would have to listen to this episode. And nobody <laughs> does that, so it's fine. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, look, this is my segue. Obviously, at the... Uh... Oh, fuck. Oh, God, he's fucked it. He's fucked it. He's fucked it. <laughs> or have I? That was a mistake. Mistakes. We've all made them. Oh my god, he's absolutely ruined me there. As the legendary George Best once said, I spent a lot of money on booze, birds, and fast cars. The rest I just squandered. So relatable. Just so relatable. So relatable. (laughs) I personally regret not getting that penis reduction I was offered on the NHS. But on the plus side, I did create a lot of new additions for the UK's women's wheelchair basketball team. So who wants to go first? (laughs) I'll go first, actually. I'm quite excited for this one. I picked a good one. Okay. So, mistakes. Now, I was a bit stumped with this. I was a bit like, what the fuck am I going to pick for a goat mistake? The only thing, and probably because it's topical, the only thing my brain could go toward was football. Manchester United's transfer policy since Fergie left. I mean... Every single one's a stinker. Absolutely horrible. Not starting Peter Crouch in the 2007 Champions League final. Dreadful decision. Just so, just, yeah, so many football ones. Then I thought about, like, my own birth, you know. Happy accident, lovely. Good mistake. And then I realised you'd have to be a fucking idiot to pick that as a goat pick. Someone accidentally being born. And in actual fact, then, for some reason, out of nowhere, it just hit me. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. They done fucked up. They done really fucked up. Like, they they done really... They are, they fucked this. You fucked it, lads. So I want to take you back to the 26th of April, 1986. The Chernobyl nuclear reactor disaster. So, everybody's probably heard of Chernobyl. Everybody's definitely heard of Chernobyl. But what exactly happened? Well... Chernobyl was a nuclear power plant in the USSR, and nuclear power is actually a very, very safe way to generate a large amount of pretty much renewable energy. Without going going off on a massive scientific tangent, the simple way to describe how it works is that the heat energy from... Huh? Nuclear, I thought, no, nuclear energy isn't renewable. It's just extremely efficient, so you can just get a lot out of very little. It's almost renewable, because renewable means no waste. It's almost renewable, because there's a very small amount of radioactive It's carbon waste, neutral. Like 1%. It's not renewable. Well, yeah, yeah. It's very much it's al- That's what it's almost renewable. It's incredibly safe, and how it works is that heat energy from radioactive materials such as uranium is basically used to boil water, the steam turns a turbine, it generates electricity. Nuclear power for dummies, right? There have only ever been two major nuclear power station disasters in history. Only two. And nuclear power stations have been around for a very long time, and there were fucking hundreds of them. The Fukushima disaster and Fukushima in Japan was hit by a tsunami. Not very likely, so nuclear power is pretty safe there. 
and then the other disaster, which was Chernobyl. And this was mainly caused by human error. A massive fuck-up or mistake. So again, very, very safe. But the Chernobyl disaster in particular is what gives all the uh, anti-nuclear power plant people a big stick to beat energy companies with to say, nuclear power's bad, look at Chernobyl. But really, what happened was not meant to happen and will never happen again. What did happen was a group of highly sleep-deprived workers were conducting safety tests just to see what would happen to the cooling system if the power got turned off. They turned it off, and then when turning it back on again, there was a massive power surge of nearly 12,000% extra power. The control rods, which are inserted into the core to cool it back down during times of excess heat, they were inserted too late into the reactor to cool it down after this massive power surge. This was where the real mistake happened. They just left it and left it and left it just to see what happened. Oh, it's an experiment. We'll see what happened. They didn't put the cooling rods in quick enough, and then that would prove disastrous. Due to the massive heat buildup, the rods got stuck in the core, and they became so hot, and the power began to rise and rise and rise, until the water used to cool down the core completely vaporised, creating an enormous build-up of pressure, until eventually it exploded. The first explosion was so big, it blew the lid of the reactor, which weighed 4 million pounds. It smashed that 4 million pound lid through the roof of the building, causing an insane amount of damage, but more crucially, leaving the nuclear reactor's core completely exposed to the air, on fire, and still exploding. An even bigger explosion followed the second explosion, and sent a motherfuck-ton, which is a hell of a lot bigger than a metric shit-ton, of radioactive material into the air. It is estimated that these fires and explosions spread 400 times more radiation into the atmosphere than the bomb that levelled Hiroshima. 400 times more radiation than Hiroshima. It spread all over Europe and the USSR. 70% of the radiation fell in Belarus, completely contaminating it, destroying farmland forever. It contaminated nearly 160,000 square kilometres of land. 160,000 square kilometres. Without any cooling and shielding, 165,000 kilograms of radioactive material began to melt and spread all over the site. And this material created a substance called corium, which is like a molten globule of radioactive material, steel, all the stuff used to build the reactor, all in one big thing. It's called corium, and it's the most dangerous material on the planet. A large part of this mess of super radioactive stuff formed a huge blob which workers discovered in the basement and was dubbed the elephant's foot. Google it, look at some photographs of it. People actually went down there. A bloke went down there, took a photo of it, came back up and died. And they were like, wow, fuck, he died literally just to take a photo of a big blob. That's, like, ridiculous. Why? Is that written on his gravestone? <laughs> yeah. And, um... He died for nothing. Pre- yeah, pretty much. You know, the scientist pretty much did say he died for nothing. He took a photo of it and then just died. Like, what's the point? Didn't he use, like, a bunch of, like, mirrors afterwards? Because they were like, if you look at it directly, you'll just die. Yeah, so being within three feet of the elephant's foot for longer than 200 seconds will 100% kill you within days. <laughs> Holy shit. It's that, it's that deadly. Just imagine a rock... 
that if you even stand anywhere near it, within two minutes you'll be dead. Like you're so, you're going to be so poisoned, you're guaranteed to die. You're going to be vomiting your own guts up within a couple of days. Where is this rock, and where can I find it? <laughs> if anyone wants to lick it, <laughs> I'm ingesting that rock. I'm making sure I die. <laughs> <laughs> They make it in labs, apparently. I did read that they make it in labs sometimes to test what it does, and they, like, can get a little bit of it that's not, like, super radioactive, and they can just, like, put it on a big, like, concrete block, and it will just eat the block, like, just just disintegrate it within seconds. It's the, like, most insane substance ever made. So if it's... Is it, like... So it's burning through whatever it's touching? It's almost half as hot as the surface of the sun. So does that mean right now it's still burning its way down to so the earth. it's like no so it's like 50 years old now isn't it and it's still twice as hot as the air around it after all that time so it's not melting its way Holy through anything fuck but it's still twice as hot as the air around it the elephant's foot and that's outrageous they, yeah they are a bit worried that it might eventually work its way into like surface water which could then recontaminate the water sources for like everything in that region again so they're a bit like fuck we need to get down there and try and sort this thing out of it but imagine being like we need to get down there and sort this shit out oh how do we get down there well the only guy who's ever taken a photograph died immediately (laughs) well how do i go down and sort that out well there are people that go down and clean up they're called uh chernobyl liquidators and they get in special suits and they can go and there have been other photos taken of the elephant's foot but yeah, this one guy in particular, just he just died. But yeah, it's pretty insane that they're still having to do it. So yeah, what was the impact of this enormous mistake? Not putting the rods in quick enough, just, just fucking up at work. Like, we all done it, forgot to send an email, whatever. These guys just forgot to put the rods in. And look what fucking happened. In the first explosion, two workers were killed right off the bat. The immediate reaction force to quickly clean up the mess was 237 workers. They were all hospitalised, with 134 exhibiting symptoms of acute radiation poisoning, and 28 died within a couple of months. And then in the following 10 years, another 14 died of poisoning. In total, although it's almost impossible to predict, there have only actually been around 100 deaths attributed to the disaster and the recent fallout. Now, 100 doesn't sound like much, but however... The prediction of how many that will eventually die of cancers related to the radiation is anywhere between 4,000 and 6,000 people. Because there like, were a lot of children born around then who developed or will definitely develop cancer, thyroid cancer and all these other stuff. There was a massive spike in childhood thyroid cancer cases like 15 years after the disaster. So they estimate around 4,000 to 6,000 people will probably die as a result of the disaster in total. Why thyroid in particular? I don't know. Just just happened to be one that, that spiked. That's what I mean. There will be other cancers that spiking as well. The data's so hard to track because it was so much nuclear waste everywhere and just contaminated, like, the world that it was, like, impossible. Like, some random... You know, you ra- people can just get cancer for seemingly no reason. You know, it's very hard to go, well, it's because of Chernobyl or because of this reason or that reason. Yeah, so it could be like, some people say it could be up to 20,000. It's really difficult to predict. Now, the USSR, initially, they were just like, oh, rah, we'll just clean it up. No one will ever know. Uh, We'll just be like, well, what, you know, what, you know, nothing's happened. Because that's what they sort of try to do. But when radiation monitors in Sweden began to pick up a few weeks later high levels of radiation... They couldn't hide it anymore, and the USSR had to come out and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, it did sort of go a bit bang. 
uh, soz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, guys. And because of that, the uh, the disaster was a big part in speeding up the fall of the USSR because of the public implications of what you know their regime has sort of done to the rest of the world. So that's some pretty big implications, to be honest, just from one thing that going bang. The town of Pripyat, which everybody will know from the amazing COD4 mission, All Gillied Up, where you go through and try and assassinate someone in Pripyat. Never heard of COD4. Uh, well, that's because, you know, you should. Greatest game, you know, we, we crown Call of Duty the greatest of all time. You need to go Oh, Call of Duty. Oh, not COD4. Okay, fair. COD4, Call of Duty 4. I thought we crowned Call of Duty... The greatest game I've ever made, not COD Four. Oh right, yeah. Well, you know, it's one and the same. <laughs> yeah, the original, the original Call of Call Duty, Duty was the best yeah. game. Ever. No, Call of Duty Modern <laughs> Warfare Two, two thousand and nine. <laughs> COD One didn't even have multiplayer, did it? Wasn't it like purely single player? No, definitely not. No. Yeah, that's why it's so good. <laughs> that's like the best game <laughs> no. ever made. <laughs> yeah. So. That was evacuated, and a 19-mile exclusion zone was set up around the area, which still exists. You can't go anywhere within 19 miles of it. That area will be uninhabitable for the next, brace yourselves, 20,000 years. (laughs) (laughs) For audio listeners, that was a gasp face. (laughs) Insert gasp sound effects. This is like on the thumbnail. (laughs) <laughs> it's this is youtube thumbnail territory big red arrows the n- number twenty thousand people holding their hands on their chins <laughs> the home alone base oh uh elon musk is there somewhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah quickly after the disaster a massive sarcophagus was erected around the building to contain the radiation this was replaced later by a larger more secure one in 2016 there's a really cool documentary about how they had to build it and slide it over the thing and like because the building's all fucked and they can't actually go onto it and like break bits off they had to like make these flaps that open and close so that when it goes over like a chimney then it like can go over it then it closes the flap again so that it like can go past the next bit because it's a weird shape really good and the eventual cleanup of the molten core within the sarcophagus the elephant's foot and everything else they predict it might it might be cleaned up by 2065 so a hundred years after it blew up they might get around to cleaning it up. And the cleanup operation so far has involved around 500,000 people and cost roughly adjusted for inflation, ready? $68 billion to date. Which, with that amount of money, you could buy just two NHS test and trace programs, which is another mistake, but that's not the point. Anyway, let's get on to the rest of it. Uh, that's only cleaned up to date. Now, I'm finished. So, in conclusion... A single safety mistake by a couple of guys... Who were up to no good. ...changed the world forever. They literally... All they did was fuck something up at work. They just didn't press a button quick enough. They just dropped the ball for like 10 seconds. And they changed the world forever. These minor actions have caused the eventual deaths of literally thousands and thousands of people. It kick-started the downfall of the USSR. It cost $68 billion so far and has made a large part of the world completely uninhabitable for 20,000 years, so long that human beings probably won't even exist by the time Chernobyl's impact on the world finally ends. And that's why they done fucked up. (laughs) That is the biggest mistake of all time. The true goat mistake. Sort your lives out, boys. Come into work better next time. Can you imagine just, like, 
going to work one day and just being like, oh, fuck it, I can't be arsed today. Just for like, fuck's sake. See that little button flashing, just waiting like five seconds, like, ugh. <sighs> Fine then, pressing it, and then <laughs> that's it. You just fuck the whole world for 20,000 years. <laughs> that's quite a bad day, isn't it? Go back. It's a, that's offices. a bad day at the office, yeah. How was your day at work? Not great. <laughs> yeah. Great. You, you heard a chill over <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. This might freak you out. 20,000 yeah. years. you got 20,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that shot me the most was 68 billion to date. If it's going to take until 2065, that's, it's only been half the amount of time before they think they're going to eventually clean it up. So that's, let's say it's going to take another $68 billion before they clean that bit up. That's like just insane amount of money. I could almost buy you. It's almost enough money to buy you the Qatar World Cup eventually. Or three PS5s. Or three PS5s? <laughs> Is that joke still relevant? I don't know. <laughs> no. Ah. You're testing. I think they're readily available now, mate. You'll have that two years too late. Uh, your tested choice joke was definitely not readily available. <laughs> date, that was very dated. No, it's still relevant. Look at us. We're fucked because of that. But not as fucked as Chernobyl. Well, I ha- yeah, I have to say, when I think of a big mistake, Chernobyl's up there for sure. Yeah. That and Liverpool buying Andy Carroll, mate. Well, you say that, but with that Andy Carroll deal, we did also buy Luis Suarez. With the deal, or just separately, that same window? With the money. With the money that we got from Torres, we bought Andy Carroll and Luis Suarez on the same day at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, you know, yeah, sometimes place, it may be good, yeah. sometimes it may be shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when people say, like, who did Arsenal buy that? Like, it was like, if, fucking, you know, Arsenal bought Lacazette and Saka for a combined of, like, 40 million or whatever. So it's like, it's like oh, you know, that's actually not too bad. But, you know, obviously Saka was free because he came from the Youth Academy and <laughs> yeah, Lacazette right. yeah, was 40 yeah, million. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. mm, I mean, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well. That was very interesting and very informative. And actually, I think it's one of those things where a lot of people think they know what happened at Chernobyl, but they probably actually mm. just know big nuclear reactor went off, something bad happened. They watch the highlights. Yeah, exactly. They watch the highlights they, on YouTube exactly. the next day. Yeah. My advice is if you really want to understand it, never watch the highlights. Always watch the full game and take notes. Well, on that note, um, <laughs> I thought we should do a little middle bit. A little middly biddly bit. Before we quiz, though, I thought I'd just ask you quickly. Yes. What is the most expensive mistake you've ever made? Ooh. Ooh, I made an expensive mistake recently when I crashed into that deer. Yeah, that's true. That wasn't you. You didn't necessarily make that mistake. It's not really a mistake. No, true. Yeah, it's a freak accident. V-Dog, what, what, what's your biggest mistake? Um, the only one I can... Mo- not biggest, but most expensive you must have, in, in right, growing up with you, you must have, like, raged and smashed, like, an antique Zimbabwean vase or some shit. Like, I've seen you stab the shit out of, like, chairs and stuff. Like, some of that stuff must have been antique. You know what I mean? You must have raged and broke Summit. No, I didn't, I didn't angrily stab the chair. I just did it for fun. <laughs> you look angry. <laughs> um, actually, actually, there, there. I like what? This is this is quite a funny story. I don't really know how much. I didn't pay for it, but it definitely was a pretty terrible mistake. So I was at my friend's house when we were all eighteen. Uh, I was at my friend's house and we were just having dinner. And I think I I mentioned to his parents like, oh yeah, I play guitar. And they were like, oh, would you mind 
playing guitar and singing. I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds fun. And um, they brought down the guitar and they were like, careful, it's it's an antique. Like it's it's been passed down for like generations. It's been in the family. <laughs> Oh god! So you can see where this is going. I, I, I'm like, yeah. I strum it, and we're like, this, 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 this piece of shit's out of tune. So I start like tuning it. <laughs> the fucking guitar breaks. <laughs> um, <laughs> where did it break? What the, the tune? Yeah, fell like off? at the tune. I, I forget. It's something like at the tuning thing, like just snapped, like near like the. Oh god! I don't know guitars enough to know what that pair oh, is called. No. <laughs> I was very like apologetic, but she, but his mum was like, "No, it's fine, it's fine, it's old, it's been here for years." But I was like, oh, "I'm so sorry, <laughs> I've ruined dinner, haven't I? <laughs> I've ruined dinner." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know if I would say this was just my mistake, and I don't know. It's probably not that expensive. But Michael, I were you there? I think. For fuck's sake, why is it always? Do me? you remember the New Year's party when we were still quite young that went very wrong? Was that at um someone's house? It was at someone's house who was had not been part of our friendship group for very long and was easily by leaps and bounds the poshest member of our friendship group, and everyone got so drunk and. Someone who I know listens to this show was sick up the walls. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then another person we all know mm. was made very drunk by someone we all know mm. and was sick all over a very expensive sofa. Yeah, and we were never invited back, and I was never invited back no. to his house again, and we were never friends after that. Oh my god, that is true. That is horrifying. I remember that. You know what? I remember, Vinny. Do you remember? Um, I'm gonna. He will never, probably never listen to this. But the uh, Mambo guy. <laughs> yeah. I don't he, care. Uh, I'm just gonna name him. Like I'm what? never gonna see him ever again. Nope. Friends with him for um, for a minute, and um, we were walking past this little pub on the corner, and he goes, "Oh, mate, do you want to do something fun?" And I was like, "Sure." And he just, with no hesitation, just took his shirt off, wrapped his shirt around his hand, and just punch the window of this pub from like we were something else just punch it and just obliterated this window spraying glass into this pub it just looked at me and goes run then and i was like okay and I was like, fucking yum. was there people in the pub yeah. <laughs> fucking hell yeah i was like damn maybe i should stop hanging out with this guy <laughs> Is he the one who then went on to try and sell you a rock of crack? No, he didn't try and sell me a rock of crack. That was his other mate. <laughs> that was yeah. my other mate from football. <laughs> that was Ricky when he was 13. That was, yeah, that was Ricky when he was 13, yeah. <laughs> and Mork was 19. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was the same age. Um, with that terrifying insight into all of our lives, let's play the middle bit game. The middle bit. They are doing the OMG face from home alone again. How do they do it? How are they so creative and funny? <laughs> that joke's going to get so Oh my old. God! It's the worst um, audio-only joke in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and now they are just laughing at their own joke. This is how we will beat them in the uprising. We will surprise them when they are too busy patting themselves on the back and masturbating to notice. Long live the revolution. Long live Megatron. So, this week, I thought it'd be fun 
to describe some incredibly famous fuck-ups. And all I want you to do is fill in the missing details. So basically, I'm going to ask you a question related to a famous fuck-up. I'm pretty sure most people will have heard of these. Some of them are a little bit more, you know, off-kilter. So, question one. And, Morkel, you went first. So Vinny gets to answer first, but you both get to answer, but you can't pick the same thing. So... Famously, Warner Brothers spent $25 million reshooting parts of Justice League. However, once it was released, these reshoots were immediately noticeable and mocked mercilessly because Henry Cavill had very noticeably changed part of his appearance, which Warner Brothers then tried to fix in post with CGI. What about his appearance had he changed? Hmm. Uh, did he have some sort of tattoo? Is that your final answer? Uh, yes. Unfortunately, you're wrong. I'm going to throw it over to Michael. It was his mustache. Yes, he'd grown a mustache from from Mission Impossible Fall, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, or whatever the fuck. Mission it was. Impossible Twenty. He'd grown a mustache for that. They tried to do a reshoot, and they were like, "We're going to CGI it off," and it's the worst CGI <laughs> yeah. you've ever seen. If you just look up. Henry Cavill mustache CGI. Yeah, it's awful. It's really awful. Anyway, so that's one point to Miguel. You guys have got to keep on track of your own points. Yep, sure. Let me write it down. I've got 20 points because we're doing crazy points. Okay, Vinny, you're in charge of points. So, in 1999, NASA's Mars Orbiter, Mark, remember your answer first. Yep, NASA's Mars Orbiter, yep. Crashed into the Martian atmosphere and went flying off into the vacuum of space. But what caused the fatal miscalculations that led to this happening? Oh, I know this one. What caused the... F- I did see Mars Rover. They crash- NASA crashes Mars Rover as one of the fuck-ups on a Google search. But I have no idea why they did it, so I'm just going to take a guess. The guy doing the maths that day uh, was in prison for drunk driving. So he didn't come into work. Oh, you were so close. Was I actually? You were so close. I can't give it to you. I'm going to hand it over to... Well, you were close with the guy doing the maths. Um, Vinny, what's your answer? Um, Wasn't it because it was done between like Americans and like British or something like that? And so they both... One was using the metric system and the other was using the imperial system. Wasn't that it? Oh, no. Yes. So NASA, the American Space Agency, used the metric system because that's like the universal engineering sort of system. Yeah. However, Lockheed Martin, who they subcontracted to also in America, are staunchly imperial. And so some of the calculations were off by a significant margin. Oh, because you've done like kilometers to miles and stuff. Yes. So the density of the Martian atmosphere was considered to be a lot weaker so they thought it'd be able to just penetrate it really easily it was actually much thicker than they thought it was going to be and it just basically just ricocheted off the atmosphere and went flying off into space and that cost them uh it was like 125 billion or something no 125 million that's sorry that's a lot of money 125 billion. i was gonna say that's like that's like two chernobyls <laughs> no 125 million but they just like threw that into space yeah Fair enough you know ridiculous there we go. It's like, 
getting Cristiano Ronaldo in his peak and then sort of sellotaping Christian Benteke to him and then firing him <laughs> off his face. <laughs> Mate, that Christian Benteke, that was quick. <laughs> that would be about it as well. 90 mil, 32 mil, pretty much. In 2014, so this is for Vinny to answer first. In 2014, a French company spent 15 billion, with a B, on 2,000 new trains for the French rail network. However, the trains weren't fit for purpose or were wrong in one very specific way. They then had to spend a further 50 million euros fixing that problem. What wasn't right about the trains? They weren't made for passengers. (laughs) Was that close? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were just solid bricks. <laughs> I mean, that would be a hell of a <laughs> Oh, we done. We got the coal trains. <laughs> My first answer was just going to be like they made it st- made up like work out of steam or something, and I was like, no, that's probably not right. <laughs> um, no, unfortunately, you're wrong. I'm going to throw over to Mork. Mork, what's your answer? I'm going to say something like it's got to be something to do with the fact that I don't know they couldn't fit in the tunnels or they. They didn't fit on the tracks. The wheels were either too wide or too narrow to fit on the size of French tracks, I'm going to say. Do you know what? I'm going to give it to you. They were too wide. The trains were too wide. They didn't fit in any of the platforms or tunnels. Right. So they had to like redo the whole French national rail network because these trains were too fucking wide. Well, they had to redo which I just think is... like the train stations and like the railways. Yeah, all the train stations had to be made wider because the trains are too wide. Oh, my God. What an absolute... My new favourite word is this, and these guys were a bunch of wallies. <laughs> yeah, they were a bunch of wallies. So, Morkel, this is for yeah. you. So you're currently on two, Vinny's on one. Yeah, um, I've got The that so-called too. walkie-talkie building. Do you know the walkie-talkie yes, in London? Yes, the walkie-talkie, yep. Yeah. At 20 Fenchurch Street in London was completed in 2014. However, the completion was set back due to an unfortunate side effect of its concave design. I Yeah, I know it. Do you know what that side effect was? Yeah, so the sun was hitting the concave side of the walkie-talkie and it was like magnifying the rays onto everybody's Mercedes in the bottom at the bottom on the street and just melting people's cars that is exactly <laughs> so they were like, right that isn't good <laughs> let's fix it <laughs> yeah that's exactly right so a lot of was made about how unbelievably reflective the walkie-talkie was it was a big part of its design was to like so it fitted in seamlessly with its environment it was like completely mirrored what was next to it however unfortunately I had to replace this with a load of like anti-glare because it was focusing the sun's rays so strongly that it melted a man's Jaguar and it was measured at at least 91 degrees on the pavement. Fucking hell. Which is like really hot. That's genuinely... If you're walking past that, you're getting burnt up. You're going to get hurt. That's like boiling water hot. That's stupid. So... V-Dog, over to you. So, I uh, this is again, these are all quite famous. So, while shooting the 2015 Quentin Tarantino film The Hateful Eight, Kurt Russell smashed an incredibly valuable prop that wasn't supposed to be smashed. It was supposed to be subbed in for a prop that was designed to be broken, but he didn't know that. Oh, no. It reportedly cost $40,000 and was completely irreplaceable. What was that prop? Fuck me, I haven't seen that film in ages. Um, who even is Kurt Russell? 
Isn't he the guy in um? So to say, isn't he the guy in Russell Crowe? And let's <laughs> mo- moving on from that. Moving on from that. <laughs> um, he yeah, plays, he is, mate. <laughs> he plays the dad in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's got a big mustache. Never mustache. He's the one who's a bounty hunter, and he turns up with his bounty and the shack. And the bounty's a woman. No, I can't remember. Uh, I'm just going to have to completely just guess then. Um, It was some sort of antique wheelchair. (laughs) (laughs) I don't fucking know, man. (laughs) I really don't know. Unfortunately, no. He didn't smash an antique wheelchair. Michael, I'm going to throw it over to you. I'm going to say like a pistol. Like he smashed like a pistol. It's like a Western, isn't it? I've not actually seen The Hateful Eight. I've seen Django, but... I'm going to say like a pistol. Right, you're both wrong, and I'm going to give a clue, and this is a buzzer around, so Michael, you can now use your buzzer. I'm going to just give you a clue and say, Vinny also made a very similar mistake. (laughs) 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 Was it like an instrument, was it? It A guitar? It was a guitar. It was a guitar. It was a hundred... Piano. Piano. He picked up a whole grand piano and slapped. He could have smashed a piano. Oh, you're not pick it up, but like maybe in the scene he's like wielding a fucking sword and he whacks it. Well, no, he didn't wield a sword and whack a piano. <laughs> he smashed a 150 year old Martin guitar. I don't know if Martin's a good brand Ooh. of guitars. Yeah, but apparently Martin, it was a part of their own collection. And they've said that they will never loan out another guitar for a film again. Yeah, fair. Fair play. So does that put you on two... Two to three. Three, two, three, two, two, two to... to Mork, yeah. Three, two. Yeah. So this one's for all the onions. Uh, who's going first? Who went first it's last Mork time? Mork first. Yeah, so it's Mork, Mork going first. So this is for all the onions. Mork, you're going first. Let's hope he gets it wrong to keep this exciting. Before the so-called Millennium Bridge in London was unveiled, it was described as, quote, a pure expression of engineering structure. However, it was quickly revealed that it had a huge design flaw and they had to spend two years and millions of pounds fixing it. But what was wrong with the bridge? Hmm. I think I know what this is. What was wrong with the bridge? What one is the Millennium Bridge? Can you describe it to me? Is it the one in Harry Potter, the wobbly one? It is the one in Harry Potter, yeah. It was too wobbly. They thought it was going to fall like fall off, and everyone was going to fall off it and that. You're right. It wobbled uncontrollably when people walked over it. So it had been designed yeah. to withstand like the wind, but for some reason they just hadn't calculated for people walking on it. Now, I did write a tiebreaker question, so what I'm going to say is I'm going to let Vinny go first, and... The truth is, this is like in the office where he throws the shoe over the building because the truth is, is Michael is much more likely to know this. Much more. Right. The answer to this question. So I'm going to ask Vinny first. And if Vinny gets it, you both draw. This is worth, what, how many points is that? Two Fuck points. Fuck off. Two points. I've already won. <laughs> Michael, no, no, wait. We're doing crazy points. <laughs> Calm as a bitch. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, Vinny, if you can get within five million pounds of the correct answer to this question. Is it a football transfer question? Yes. (laughs) This is what I said. This is what I said. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, give it to me. So, 
Angel Di Maria, or Angel Di Maria, Angel. whatever you're supposed to say. I don't know the answer to this, but carry on. Went to Manchester United in 2014 from Real Madrid. He made 27 appearances and scored a mere three goals. How much did they pay to take him from Real Madrid? Was it 60 million? You are within 0.3 of a million. It was 59.7 million. Let's call it a draw. I was really close to saying 65 million and that actually would have been 0.3 off. You know what I mean? Because you gave me the five million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) thank fuck I went for 60. Damn it. I fucking, obviously I knew it was 60 million as well. That year they sound foul cow as well. Well, unfortunately, Michael, you fucked it. You let victory slip from your hands. Again. <laughs> no, I didn't. Again. I won. Much def- like Gerard. <laughs> yeah, much like Gerard, you pulled defeat from the jaws of victory. Oh, no. With that sorted, and a mere hour into our record, Vincent Doggy Dog, I would love to hear what you think is the greatest mistake of all time. So I've got an objective answer for this. I'm excited to hear it. Okay. So it's the winter of 1994. There's a couple in UK, Britain, England, and they they, they love each other very much. (laughs) And it's very cold outside. It's getting quite cold inside. So that, you know, instead of turning the heating on, they decide to get down and dirty to warm up. And the, the man says to the woman... Tonight, I don't want to wear a condom. She's like, no, but I don't want to get pregnant. (laughs) But the guy, he's like, but baby, it feels so much better, trust. (laughs) And nine months later, Mork was born. (laughs) All right, stop the clock. I've stopped the clock. All right. We've got ourselves a winner. I wasn't born in 1994. No, you were born in 1995. Winter 94 is when your parents procreated. fornicated whatever the word is all right i'll i'll restart the time was he saying in a cabin in a wood no just like you know in britain england uk whatever all right you ready yeah in 1908 a woman was driving in detroit michigan when her car stalled a passing driver saw the lady in distress and decided to help her out now commercial cars had only been around for about 20 years at this point and they were still so primitive they needed a manual hand crank for the engine to start so the driver pulled his crank out popped it on the woman's car and started cranking away (laughs) we've all been there (laughs) we've all been there but the car's engine started much quicker than he anticipated and this caused the crank to spin around with so much force it hit him in the jaw and broke it in the process The driver's name was Byron Carter, and he died due to this injury. Now, Byron Carter was actually the founder of his own car company and had many friends within the Detroit automation industry. And one of his friends was actually the founder of Cadillac, Henry Leland. And he was so distraught at his friend's tragic passing that he made it his mission to make the world's first crankless car. And in 1911, that's what he did. The Cadillac Model 30. And this car was a beauty. It had a top speed of, get this, 45 miles per hour. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Double the horsepower of the very popular at the time Ford Model T car. 
Now, to get these super powerful and super crankless results, the engine actually compressed the fuel-air mixture so quickly it would often spontaneously combust before the spark plug could spark it, thus making it extremely loud and very inefficient to run, and also it beat up the engine. And this is what's called engine knocking, which you guys might already know. Yeah, yeah, I've heard a fucking classic bit of engine knocking, mate. Yeah, mate, yeah. When I'm, when I'm on my skateboard on my fucking car, you know, uh, fuck yeah. it, I'll sort that out, love, 20 yeah. grand, yeah. i got to get more middle-class friends. Um, <laughs> now, this, this wouldn't do. So Cadillac hired a young engineer by the name of Thomas Midgley Jr. to try and find a new fuel additive that would work better in these new engines. It's now 1921, and after years of failed experiments and a somewhat somewhat large popular European war, which you may have heard of, he finally found what he thought... (laughs) Popular popular war. He finally found what he thought was the perfect solution, that being tetraethyl lead. This new additive stopped engine knocking, was cheap to produce, and you only needed one part per 1,000 parts of petrol for it to work. This discovery was so huge, the American Chemical Society gave Midgley the prestigious Nichols Award, which I've never heard of, but apparently it's prestigious. Well, this new additive was patented and was branded as just ethyl, completely dropping the lead part of the chemical name for good reason. We'll talk about that in a sec. Midgley even teamed up with some of America's biggest fuel companies at the time to create the Ethyl Corporation. And with this, ethyl started selling like hotcakes. The new additive was selling so fast, in fact, that in order to keep up with demands, the new ethyl corporation began work on a brand spanking new chemical plant in New Jersey, of all places. But within two months of this new project, dozens of workers began to fall ill with, get this, Lead poisoning. (laughs) (laughs) Who would have thought it? (laughs) Shocker, mate. Who'd have seen that one coming? Oh my god, really? (laughs) Yeah, and five of the workers even died. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Midgley held a press conference to help quell any worries the public had over this new super chemical. In that press conference, he did something that we would all do in this situation, I'm sure of. He held some of the tetraethyl lead in his hands and then started inhaling a container full of it oh my for a full God. minute. <laughs> <laughs> we would all do that, to be fair. Let's let's not. That's <laughs> yeah. Let's not get ourselves. That's the if most. If someone started doing that, I'd freak out. I'd be like, "Well, that seems mental." Midgley claimed he could do this all day without harm, but what I failed to mention earlier was that after he received the Nichols Award. He turned down the chance to speak at any conferences about his discovery. And the reason he did this was because he was working with tetraethyl lead so much, he had developed lead poisoning himself and had to distance himself from his work to recover. Did he know that he had lead poisoning then? Yes. So why was he huffing that lead on stage? To prove it's not dangerous. But he knows it is. It was a nutcase, mate. <laughs> Because money, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine if someone was like, mate, we'll give you a million quid, but you've got to get up in a press conference and half lead <laughs> for a minute. Yeah, all right. 
So, why is lead so dangerous? Let's just get to the bottom of this for the starters. Well, lead mimics calcium in our body, meaning there isn't really an easy way for our body to get rid of lead. And much like calcium, lead is also stored in the bones, meaning it continues to poison the body long after any initial exposure. It also breaks down the neurotransmitters in our brains, which causes anything from headaches and tingly fingers, tingly limbs, to full-on brain damage and even death. In fact, lead content in children is the single best indicator for how likely that child will later become a criminal later in life. Really? Single, single best indicator. How? Yep. How? How? Uh, it makes you dumb, therefore makes you more like a criminal. So it's basically kind oh, of like that. It makes you more aggressive. The pathways in your brain. I thought it would be like, well, they got a lot in them already. Maybe they're gonna go and nick some more. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> nick some lead. Nick some lead off church <laughs> roofs and that. <laughs> well, they've already got heaps. You know, they're gonna get some more. At the time, everyone knew that lead in large doses was extremely hazardous. But due to only a tiny amount of it being used in the fuel, and also the fact that it was just so damn cheap, ethyl continued to be used by motorists. And by the 1950s, millions of people were burning lead and releasing it into the atmosphere. Now, yes, only tiny amounts of tetraethyl lead was used per litre of fuel. But because it was being burned by so many cars on such a mass scale, it was then discovered that the atmosphere now in the 1950s, that is, had as much as 10 times more lead in it than before the miracle chemical had started being sold. A scientist by the name of Claire Pattinson had realised just how bad the situation was becoming, and he began examining the lead content of ancient mummified corpses' teeth and comparing them to the teeth of recently deceased people. And he found that, on average, modern people had 1,000 times more lead in their bones than that of Jesus. the ancient peoples. Damn. Yeah. A follow-up study found that the higher the lead content found in baby teeth, the much higher likelihood those children would end up failing high school. And in a recent 2022 study, it was found that half of America's population, that's over 170 million people, were exposed to high levels of lead in early childhood. You know what? Actually, it's clicking. It explains a lot. Too much. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, fellow American listeners. I know we actually have quite a large audience in America, but yeah. Do you know what's mad, though? I remember when my dad, when I was a kid, I remember lead not being a thing anymore because I remember we had a car that ran on leaded fuel. Mm. that probably would have been bang on 2000 probably mm. and i remember they'd taken it off the pumps and my dad was like oh we're gonna have to scrap the car because it uses leaded fuel right yeah 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 mm. yeah because you don't think about the fact that it's called unleaded anymore i don't know why they still refer to it as unleaded oh yeah yeah no i that didn't cross my mind either to be honest there you go and yeah and from that it was calculated that lead had cost an aggregate loss of more than 800 million IQ points Holy in America alone. Damn, so it is true. Well, it's a worldwide thing as well, because everyone in the world uses petrol oh, lead. Oh, we're, we're all stupid. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's also thought that two thirds of all unexplained learning difficulties are chalked up to lead poisoning. Not only had this increased lead exposure led to just a general lower intelligence in adults worldwide, but it also increased the rate of violent crime all over the world too. A study in 2002 found that teenagers who had been arrested were four times as likely to have increased levels of lead in their bones than similar teenagers who had never been arrested. Another lovely property of lead in the body is that it increases the chance of cardiovascular disease. And another study from 2018 found lead was responsible for 256,000 heart disease deaths per year. Holy shit. In the US alone. Which means over the past 100 years, lead is thought to have been responsible for more than 25 million deaths in America. And globally, the figure is closer to 100 million deaths. Just from the car thing. Or just lead in general? It led in general, but, but like... the car thing is probably a big factor. That was a huge factor. We still have, like, lead in our... You know, even though it's it's been banned everywhere at this point. Oh, I know we have lead water pipes, we have lead gas pipes. I deal with it all the time. Yeah, it's, it's mostly, like, industry. My mum's house has lead piping. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing with lead piping is... So here's the thing with lead piping, and this is what happened in... You know the whole thing in Flint, Michigan, with the water being really poisonous? My understanding of that is Flint, Michigan and like places like my mum's house run on um, lead piping and lead piping actually isn't dangerous as long as you're running uncontaminated, completely unchemicaled water down it. Yeah. Because it creates like its own seal, like the lead itself is like acrophobic, so it won't cross contaminate with water like lead and water like like repel each other. Yeah, Yeah, they're fine. Yeah. But. If you put in certain cleaning agents into the water, like fluoride and chlorine, they break down that barrier and it allows lead to seep into the water supply. So that's why it's a problem now when it wasn't a problem before, because I think it's like so easy to be like, oh, why the fuck did they build all the pipes out of lead? Well, it's really malleable, it's watertight, it's water resistant, it's relatively cheap. It made a lot of sense at the time. And actually it didn't have, it didn't poison you. But because of the chemicals in the water now, and I'm not being like, oh, they're fucking chemming the water. Like, it's just cleaners, mate. It's fine. It's not like fucking you up. But what is fucking... because our water comes from the toilet water. <laughs> yeah. It's just that that breaks down the lead water barrier and allows yeah, lead yeah. to seep in, which is fucking scary. That is fucked. Well, thanks to the work done by Claire Patterson, the world had finally started to realise just how dangerous leaded fuel was. And... To this day, it's now been banned in every single country in the world, thankfully. And the UN calculates that the elimination of lead from fuel saves over 1 million lives a year, as well as $2.45 trillion. Trillion with a T. And funnily enough, the inventor of leaded fuel, Thomas Midgley, also invented a little chemical called Freon which is a gas that was used for air conditioning units, refrigerators, and aerosol cans, to name a few, but has also since been globally banned because it does a little thing called tearing a hole in our ozone layer. He did both mm. of those things? <laughs> yeah. What? Yep. Yep. What? One wow. man oh my did God. both of those things. But did he know when he's doing these things? Does he, He's not knowing that he's doing them, is he? He thinks he's helping. 
yeah, that's the thing. He thought he was doing like a great thing. Everyone thought he was doing a great thing until they were like, wait a minute, this is really bad and we've only just realised. Yeah. Thomas Midgley has been credited as having more impact on the atmosphere than any other organism in Earth's history. <laughs> why don't like Greta Thunberg go and get him then? Why not? Why all the cows? Why cows farting got to be the scapegoat? Because he died in 1948. <laughs> <laughs> of lead poisoning. No, actually, he died. He died from his own contraption, which is another like ironic thing on it all. Oh my god! He got to a point where he like needed pulleys and levers to like operate. I think he. Oh, he got polio, I think, or something like that. He set up his own mousetrap in his house and strapped himself. It ended up strangling him to death in his own house while he was alone. Oh my god! So fucking hell. He had pretty bad luck. <laughs> Like, <laughs> damn, Jesus! He's probably he's probably a good guy. He had all for all intents and purposes, you know, he wanted to change the world. Well, he did that. Yeah. Well, Thomas Mitchley may have made fuel companies probably billions of dollars with his invention of leaded fuel, but in the process, he caused global crime rates to rise. He lowered the worldwide human intelligence. He caused hundreds of thousands of learning difficulties and caused millions upon millions of deaths all by accident and if that isn't the greatest mistake of all time i don't know what is other than mork's dad not wearing a condom around the winter of 1994 (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) well what a statement i think maybe it's the the cynic in me and i'm gonna say this maybe this is gonna make everything I'll, i'll kind of come to my conclusion quite quickly here because i think maybe it's cynical maybe it's my job my job involves dealing with a lot of not dealing with first hand that makes me sound like i do a real good thing like i'm a police officer or something i'm not i just write about cunts but i'm not sure i believe especially with the lead thing that thomas midgley he can't have not known he gave himself lead poisoning i think he knew that it was bad in large quantities i.e because he was working with it so he was like, but yeah, but no one else is going to be working with it. So it'll be fine because there's only a tiny bit being used. So I don't think he realized how bad it was. Here's the thing. That's a mistake. That's a mistake. What I need to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you both. And I, I've never done this before. I'm going to tell you where I'm both at. And I might even give you both another redeeming 30 seconds each because I am. Here's my point. I think if it is a mistake, then it is the greatest mistake because of the impact it's had like that you can't deny the impact that that's had it is bigger than chernobyl unbelievably it really is however i don't know if i believe it was a mistake right and if it's not a mistake i think he's just the greatest cunt of all time like he's a piece of shit if he knew also they fixed that mistake well but it's still having an effect yeah but it's minor now they've basically fixed it they've they've you know, you're never going to fix the Chernobyl. That's never going to be fixed. That's done forever. 20,000 years. It definitely was a mistake. He definitely did not know that it would cause, the, A, this much lead in the atmosphere, and B, that this much lead in the atmosphere would be this bad for people. It's a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I would say it was a mistake, but was it like... It, mistake isn't just one or the other, you know, like... With the Chernobyl one, they just fucked up. They were just like, fuck. <laughs> they just fucked it, basically. It was a lapse of reasoning. Yeah, they just dropped the ball and fucked it. Whereas some mistakes, you like... It's a mistake because you oversight the potential risks, don't you? Yeah. You fail to perceive the potential risks. He failed to perceive that, even in small quantities, maybe it could be bad, knowing it was bad previously. 
Whereas with a Chernobyl, I think they made the mistake of just fucking it up. They just fucked it up completely. They also just turned off the safety precautions at Chernobyl, so that is also the same thing. But that was a routine safety thing they were supposed to do. They were supposed to do a test, a safety test. They just completely fucked it, though. Yeah, but they weren't supposed to turn off the safety, like, the backup safety things. They just did it because they were like, oh, let's just see what happens. And that was yeah. a terrible thing to do, because it obviously blew up in their faces. It's negligence, isn't it? That's the mm. thing. It's like, where do we draw the line? Because it's obviously... There's two kinds of mistakes. There's like the mistake I made by not sending that email. And there's the mistake I made by drink driving and hitting that kid. You know, (laughs) they're both mistakes. (laughs) But one haunts you more than the other. (laughs) One haunts me more than the other. I wish I'd sent that email, man. (laughs) That email, man. (laughs) Oh, God, I really do. That Nigerian prince is never getting home. Um, <laughs> I'm never getting all that money. Oh, no, I'm never getting <laughs> That kid's million. never getting home either, but his mum doesn't yeah. know. Um, <laughs> He's not real, listeners. It never, never happened. It is real. He told us before the show. <laughs> it, happened, it happened earlier this evening. Damn it, we're covering up our mistakes. <laughs> Do you know what? It's so annoying, but I think... I think Vinny's done it again. I think he's added to his tally. I think the no, wins are just he racking hasn't. up. He's not. He's like, Come he's, on. He's like the Real Madrid of goats. He's, not. he's, he's just a like. Twat. <laughs> <laughs> I am saying right now that leaded fuel is the greatest mistake of all time because it's had the biggest impact. Chernobyl. If Vinny had picked anything else, Michael, you would have won. Yeah, but he He just fucking like. Do you know what I mean? Look at his face. Look at him. I know, I know. I don't like it. I don't it. like it. I don't him understand anymore. it. <laughs> it's like last season when Real Madrid won again, and you're like, they didn't even have that good of a That's team. That's what I mean. Like... Again and again and again. <laughs> the, the trophies keep racking up. It's my blood. Like, seriously, Chernobyl was like, they done fucked up. This guy was just like, oh, a bit of lead, it'd be all right. No, but that's the worst Made bit. Made a few people stupid on the that. surface, Chernobyl <laughs> seems so much worse. But when you look at the stats, what did you say, Vinny? 25 million people a year? In America and 100 million worldwide. That's insane. Nah, wrong. He's killed the most people and all by accident. Oh, I'm so disappointed. I thought I got it. When I was, when I was watching these Chernobyl videos, I was like, Vinny is fucked. <laughs> I didn't know he was going to pull out some lead car, man. <laughs> I thought, do you know what? I thought Vinny was fucked too. And even when he was talking... I was like, mate, if this geezer knew what he was doing, then it's not a mistake. It's just a, you know, it's a mistake in the sense that, like, what Hitler did was a mistake. But, like, I don't think he probably looked at it as a mistake. You know what I mean? Whereas he knew what he, he Hitler knew what he was doing and enjoyed, you know. It's, it's different. But, like, if this guy genuinely, I, I think it is the greatest mistake of all time. It has to be. Did he ever acknowledge the mistake? Did he ever come out and be like, sorry, guys, I fucked it? Well, he died in 1948 before people realised the mistake. Oh, right. I think it's got... It has to be the greatest. That and building the Emirates, mate. (laughs) Building the Emirates, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right, well, on that note, the greatest fuck-up of all time, the greatest mistake of all time is leaded fuel by... What was his name? Tommy Wimple? (laughs) Tommy Wimple. Uh, (laughs) Thomas Midgley. (laughs) Tony Adams. The second greatest fuck up of all time is building the Emirates, and the third is Chernobyl. Um, as we said, go and follow us on Instagram, the underscore goats underscore pod. 
go be a patron if you can afford it if you can't that's fine neither can we and go and leave us a five-star review and subscribe on your podcast player of choice also send michael bitcoin because he is sad yes i don't have anything else to say does anyone else should we say what we're doing next week next week we are doing what we do we are doing greatest empire oh it's age of empires night it's it's the uh, British Empire versus... Who are you picking, Seb? Deutschland, Deutschland, Uber. <laughs> and we all know who won that one. <laughs> the white people. I'm not doing Germany. Um, I've been told not to. But yeah, so join us next week for the greatest empire. Obviously, the greatest podcast empire is the GOATS. Mm-hmm. The GOATS empire. We are the greatest podcast of all time, a.k.a. The Kabow! And on that note, I guess, love you, bye. I'm not backing down. <laughs> I'm not leaving until one of you says it. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do it. I'm really tired. I want to go to bed. All right, I'm going to be the bigger man here. I love you, bye. Fuck you, Vinny. Love you, bye. <laughs>